Welcome everyone to the MMOs.com podcast. This is episode 52 now, and this is Altai, joined by... Omer. Gumble. That's you, oh, Matt. Shit. Matt. <laughs> Chirelia. Alright, the whole gang is here. Yo, oh shit, I'm, I'm tired, man. You guys would think on the one-year MMOs.com podcast anniversary, alright? This is the anniversary edition, episode 52, alright? We get the names correct in the right order, but no. Matt, you are the reason we can't have nice things. <laughs> hey, hey, usually it's Shirelia. Leave me alone. I got it wrong one time. One time, guys. The one time was on the anniversary edition. Yeah, but, right? but see, I'm like, I'm, like last. Over video. I'm last, so it's on. like a lot less bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But she you're in the up, middle. Okay. It's real, real obvious, Matt. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> all right, all right. It's the anniversary edition. Uh, if you guys tuned in for all 52 episodes, you are awesome, and well, everyone, we, we have a special reward for everybody in the podcast today on the live channel. Everyone gets a free Lamborghini, all right? Everybody. <laughs> are you copying right? Leafy? Are you stealing Leafy's line? <laughs> you know what? Yeah, everybody gets two Lamborghinis, all right? <laughs> yes, that's from Leafy. <laughs> Hashtag no Hashtag scam. no scam. Exactly. No scam, no scam. But it, in all realities, we'll give it to uh, Gumby to take it away with the weekly raid. All right, so uh, this week... Inspired in part by Overwatch, if you guys have been paying attention, Blizzard has put together quite a few narrative videos. And I'm curious, uh, how important is narrative in MMOs? I feel like in most games, it takes a backseat to gameplay. Uh, some games like Star, like Star Wars The Old Republic and Final Fantasy XIV, they do try and incorporate this larger epic narrative. But for me, at least, it always falls flat. A lot of games suffer from the chosen hero complex, where you're the chosen one with, you know, Everyone else, countless other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes, you know, it, it's just a cliche, good versus evil story, and it's kind of a letdown. So I, I normally don't get engaged at all, and I used to play a lot of JRPGs, and I only played for the story. So I'm curious what everyone thinks about narrative in MMOs, really specifically MMORPGs, because a game like Rust isn't about to have a, a story. Yo, Rust is a deep I, I, story, I, I, right? I was going to say... Other than a nudist colony <laughs> gone, gone wild, but... Uh, I thought so, yeah. I was going to say, in, in Overwatch, you mentioned Overwatch is doing yeah. narrative videos. I don't see that having yeah. any effect on me. Well, let me explain me. why Overwatch... Okay, so what Blizzard did, they can't put narrative in the game, but they've tried to build up this world by making all these really engaging cinematics. I don't know if you saw the Hanzo cinematic that came out this week. I think a lot of people in chat did, but it was really, really well done, and it makes the world feel alive even if it's outside the game. And I think even doing that is enough to establish a story within a game world that makes the world feel more alive, more engaging, rather than just being... Uh, this this game that you would play without those videos, I feel like Overwatch wouldn't be it wouldn't have the same allure that it does. Those really have hyped it up and made this fleshed out world. I think it's very important. I, don't, I think story. Do you, have a, do you have a link to this video? For telling stories. Yeah, I mean, you have to, you. Is have it called Dragons? A lot to the yeah. Overwatch cinematics team. They did a really good job, especially with the reveal. Right. The reveal cinematic. And that makes you like, feel more engaged, right? It makes you yeah, care more about the game. Does. So so what place does narrative have in MMOs these days? Hmm. I think it's something really hard to pull off. For me, my first game actually didn't pull it off. Like Ultima Online, I never felt uh-huh. like there was any narrative. But the next game I played, EverQuest, pulled it off in spades. NPCs would talk to each other as you walked by, and it really it somehow pulled did it well. And I didn't encounter that again in an MMORPG since. So WoW didn't do it for me, even though it did have lore. Not Black Desert. Black Desert. Yeah, what, what you've just described is not narrative, though. That's a feature. That's not narrative. It creates an immersive, it creates immersive environment that allows narrative to thrive. Yeah, I, I like, felt like I felt like the world, world, something was going on in the world, and I was part of that story, rather than 
being the being the story, if that makes sense. It makes some sense. Uh-oh, I see. Okay, I feel like uh, narrative has literally no place in wow. MMOs. Really? I feel I feel like they should put up a backstory be- that like builds up the world that you're like living in, but I don't feel like there should be an overall narrative pushing you through the game. Hmm. That's I interesting think... that you said it because I, I I have to disagree because I. Otherwise, then you know what's the point of undertaking anything in the game unless it's you know a straight sandbox like say something like Worm Online. Okay, okay, I'm gonna cut you off there, Gummy. Do you do you really go kill those five slimes because you really care about the narrative? No, and no, like, I understand. Like, that man's farm is being terrorized by those slimes. You gotta That's stop, what right, I Gummy? Said in the post is that I have never played an MMO where I felt the narrative really got me engaged. And I was, and I'm wondering if it can be done, and if it's something that the industry should strive for. And okay, I'm going to go ahead and say that it, it can be done. I don't know how, but I would prefer that, that. I know of. That I know of. There's a single MMO that has an really? engaging, Please that has us. an engaging um, storyline based on, yeah, Star Wars: The Old Republic. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the only what one I that I'm aware of. And you know how they did it? They took all, out all the MMO. They took out all of the MMO <laughs> for the. <laughs> So That's MMOs, true. there's no place for narrative in MMOs. It may be the only genre that there's no place for it, wow. but there's no place for it. I'm trying to think if I can think of an example where I felt there was a narrative. I mean, I, felt, I felt WoW had a narrative. It didn't engage with me, but it had it. Like for example, the Anixia quest line and stuff. Like you, yeah. you, you, you heard NPCs talking in the city. Like Anixia was actually an NPC, I think, in the capital at one point, right? Something like that. I forgot. Yeah, but I remember it too. Though. So I, I felt like there was some. I felt like things were going on. Even if I wasn't part of it, and I think a few games pulled that off well. Um, WoW tried, and I think for a lot of people, it did pull it off. So well, well, see, that's the thing. You can have a world where it feels like things are going on, but you maybe don't take part in them, and still do that without a narrative. Just go to the places you visit them. There are things going on when you visit. You know, like NPCs are talking about this thing happening or right. that thing happening. But 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 maybe they can handle it on their own. You don't have to be like some hero that comes and kills the dragons burning down their village one night at a time. You, you know? don't have to, but, I mean, it does happen. Like, I, I, again, WoW kind of, I think, pulled it off. Um, I you think, just said earlier that you don't think WoW pulled no, it off. I didn't engage with it, but they tried. Off. Okay? And, and I think for a lot of people... Um, they pulled it off, but you didn't engage with it. That is a contradictory... Well, no, no, it's not! <laughs> that's, no, no, hold on, hold on. That's an important point, right? I think a lot of games do try and pull it off, like, for myself, and I notice it, but I don't give a shit. Okay, right? so exactly. Think, so, so I mean, towards what Matt's saying is I agree that maybe it doesn't have a place at all. I, 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 have, I have a good counterpoint. Engaging. There's a good yeah. counterpoint. If somebody just brought it up, what about Diablo 2? I mean, you could say it's an action RPG and not an RPG, and there's yeah, obviously yeah. distinctions over there, but no, no, when you played fair. Diablo 2, didn't you feel like... You were engaged with narrative because one thing I really liked about Diablo no, right. was the story. Even yeah. though it, you know everyone Diablo ran to the same exact story. Diablo is not a fair comparison at all, though. Why? Because it's made for like one to four people. But you know you have the one, one to eight. Diablo three is four. I'm gonna count it. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying double. Is Diablo two an MMO? Will you rule? No. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. Diablo two is an MMORPG. MMORPG is where you have thousands of people in one world in one yeah. time. That's different than Diablo. Well, the question was MMO though. I didn't. I knew. I knew MMORPG was a dangerous thing to ask, but MMO you can ask. Okay, but that, that's a little different. Okay, because then you're looking at like things like Overwatch, and sure, yeah. narrative could have a place in Overwatch because that's what I'm saying. You have an overarching campaign that plays like Halo that can be attached to Overwatch <laughs> any minute right now. Sure. <laughs> All right. See, then this is. 
As someone who has not seen a single Overwatch cinematic, I still really love the characters in the game. So, like, you don't have to watch and enjoy the cinematics no, no, to no. be engaged. Okay, well then take all of my opinions and attach RPG to the MMO thing. No, no, I think, I think, and I, I have to agree with you, man. I think, I think I lean towards what you were saying before when it comes to MMORPGs. But I think Diablo 2 is a great example of a game that's multiplayer and it has a big focus on gameplay mechanics, but it does have this story you care about. And I did, it's true, I did really enjoy all the Diablos, really, except for maybe three, I, which is just two of them. I, I really all did care. Diablo. Every single one. <laughs> all two of them. <laughs> I, I did I, really care, and, and I wanted so to... I have a piece. kind of a controversial view on this. I think Please. that... <laughs> I think that people, like, there's only a certain amount of people that actually care a lot about the narrative, I feel, yeah, and no. I feel like all those people should just make an RP guild and make their own narrative. They should just go read a book. We should put them all in a yeah, box. Have your own narrative within the game that really Okay, but you. there are two types of people that care about the narrative. The ones that want to come up with and can come up with their own stuff that works, and the ones that want somebody else to do it for them. You know, you know what was the one that did it kind of interesting was, um, Mabinogi, because in Mabinogi, all player characters were like the OP, like uh, you are the hero, because they were like part of a different race. Like only, only um, player characters were in that race, and like none of the NPCs were. So that's kind of an interesting way that they did it, because a lot of yeah. games, like you said, they have that whole you are you are the one hero, right? But in Mabinogi, it was like everyone that you see as player is a hero. Shu, can I point okay. something out real quick? It's a bit of a digression, and we can go back to sure. the point that Shu is always able to link anything we talk about back to Mabinogi. <laughs> <laughs> we can always bring Mabinogi into the mix. Mabinogi is really different. It was really. I agree. So I it was. If you if you experienced it, it, it really did leave a, an impression as being something actually unique, like in the MMORPG space. But it I feels wanna... like you're really in the world in that game, I think. Yeah, that is, again, narrative is a good word for Mabinogi. Also, another another example of an older MRPG I feel like did the not, again it's not narrative but it was really the only MRPG that explained servers within the lore and the story. Ultima Online. When you first launched the game, there's this little cutscene right about this warrior trying. There, there was a guy named Mundane. He had the world inside this crystal ball. He was like yeah. doing his crazy magic on it. And when the war when the when like the hero slayed Mundane, the crystal shattered and it turned the world into like a million different like hundred different pieces. And each piece was its own server. So a it shard. kind of explains a shard. Yeah. It explained the server system like within the lore, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. So each shard was actually a world inside a fragment of the of this globe. Yeah, and they were like so, clones of each other, which actually explained it. It was actually really well done. I I, was, I'm, I want to circle back a little with the narrative for Overwatch specifically. I think it's Go so ahead. important to build those kind of videos, Sean. That we just watched uh, in mm -hmm. the in the podcast because. Can you imagine someone cosplaying or getting interested in a character from like let's say Counter Strike, right? Where there's a generic right. Counter Strike dude or <laughs> Hanzo, who's got like who has the tattoo, who's got the sword, who's got the unique yeah. you know outfit. I can see people in a year or two going to BlizzCon, going to these PAX you things. Mean this year, yeah, dressed as the Overwatch characters because because Blizzard is putting all this effort into uh, branding them almost, you know, and building. Looking this forward kind. to that Tracer cosplay to the 0.2% <laughs> of girls in our audience here. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm looking forward to the CSGO cosplay. Look at this. They have think, CSGO just, cosplay? Please, please share. Oh, wow, that's a... Oh, wow. Is that Factory New Shoe? Is that Factory New Vulcan? It looks Factory New. looks Factory New. That did say exactly what I thought it said. Ninja. Her tits might be Factory New as well, boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she even has the, the, the fucking sticker on the... Yeah, A-plus, the... dude. That's good. <laughs> 
Yo, those are the factory near, I can tell. <laughs> but I mean, I don't feel like there has to be like a character for people to want to cosplay. I mean, look at, um, you know, any MMO, people cosplay the classes, right? They're not necessarily... Okay, you don't need it, but I think I think it helps to kind of put some personality and yeah, yeah, I agree. behind the character. I think it's good for branding for the for the company, and I think <laughs> Steam actually have got the ball rolling on this because do you guys remember those old TF2 videos like Meet the yes. Blank? Yeah. I, I used to love those. You know, I used to watch them like a dozen times. Some of them, some of them, like the Spy one was We'd hilarious. We friends just because we enjoyed it. Yeah, and it gets you engaged to the game too. Oh, there it is. All right, so. Uh, narrative. Some people say it's good. Some people say it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> and what else is there to say? <laughs> All right, Seinfeld, calm down. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm going to transition this out to Please. a topic I'm very much interested in because we oh, discussed wow. last week that we made a bet on Tree of Savior. How oh. popular? All right, be time for the best. Let's skip this topic. Let's skip Bring, it. No, no, I have my. I have the notepad. I have the notepad with everyone's guesses. So let's watch. Let's see All what right. we got. All right. So. TOS. Concurrent. I fucking lost. <laughs> okay, remember, we didn't say peak, Omar. I wrote it down here. Concurrent, like right now. We didn't mm -hmm. say peak. So let's look here. 24-hour peak, we said. No, no, we didn't. We no, said, no, 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 we no. Said, we said playing cur currently. I wrote it down. So I know it. Well, it depends on what time we do it then. And well, the that's, that's why we, sp we specifically said, we specifically said this time next week. Because I remember. And I wrote it down. Okay, anyways. Just say what everybody's bets are and let's get to it. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, don't. All right, here we go. Matt, 25k. Uh, Omar is at 40k. Sean, 20k. Shu, 18. Altai, 17. It's currently at 32,000. So the winner is. Yeah, Matt is the closest. Oh, oh good shit. job, Matt. Good job, That's Matt. That's rounding up. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt wins the bet. What happened there, Omar? Uh, I, 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 I'm pretty sure we agreed to 24 hour peak. That was uh No, I mean you in your mind you did some mental down. gymnastics, yeah. but this Omer, is he wrote it down. <laughs> I ain't buying what he's putting down, boys. <laughs> to, to to put it in perspective though, Tree of Saver has done exceptionally well. Most of us did guess too low. Uh, it's had a forty two thousand eight hundred eighty seven twenty four hour peak, which is much more than I expected. Thirty two thousand people playing nine minutes ago. So it is it is doing very well. And I actually thought it wouldn't do well due to the number of bug reports I kept hearing about. But wait, seemed, wait, okay. Wait, what? so I won, so I take Omer's victory from the intro argument. No, no, that wasn't mentioned in the podcast. Can't bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, I don't think any of us have really... We all kind of got our fill, and I remember saying that when we talked about the Founders Packs on Early Access, how uh, a lot of people who would buy it originally would kind of fall out of favor with it. But apparently free-to-play is working out pretty well for Trio Savior. Uh, Shu, I don't know. Shu, you were our resident Trio Savior expert, but I think you said you had kind of falling out of it, right? Uh, I haven't played it in a while. I mean, I want I want to play it, but I just, you know, there's a lot of other things to do right now, maybe when things die down a bit. Okay, so I think it's all right. I think it's safe to say it's it'll make money, it'll be successful, people are enjoying it, right? But I don't think it's going to have the same impact as Ragnarok Online 1. I think it's safe to say at this well, point, right? Well, that's not a fair, I don't think that's a fair comparison. No, it's not a comparison, just no, an observation. But, okay, just to get on that point, you gotta remember, Ragnarok Online came out at an interesting time when it was really the free-to-play private server game that you mm -hmm. could hop on, whereas now there's this huge library that's always growing and yada, yada, yada. So it, it's just it's a different atmosphere, a different climate for the for True Saver to be released. 
I will say though that the reviews, I'm kind of surprised. Reviews are mixed, and Steam has this cool new feature. If you guys use Steam, where it shows you the general consensus on recent reviews, and those are also mixed. So it seems. Well, keep in mind, if you started playing right when it went from uh, buy to play to free to play, there's a huge influx of players that it makes the early experience unplayable. Okay, this is yeah, so of course. everything. It's like playing BDO right when it launched. It was very chaotic, and give it some time to smooth things over. I think yeah. the early experience will get a lot better. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So you Wonder have, what like, the numbers will know about it. Crash on the first day. Yeah. Well, looking at Steam charts, they've peaked. To, they've, they've dropped to zero quite a few times. That showing, you know, that, that, that crashed. So, uh, it clearly has some issues. I'm actually pretty happy to hear it, though. I mean, we had, we've been talking about, we had talked about Trio Saver months. I think we've been talking about Trio Saver since the first podcast. So, uh, nice to see it doing well. We'll see where it goes in the future. I don't know. Does anyone know what the level cap is currently? Remember, it's supposed to be 600. It's high. Over 200. I, 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 I think it's 800. I think it's 800. Yeah, That's what I read. It. 800. That's what I read, at least. You know, you know what is good about Trio Saver, though, is that they kept kind of the MVP thing from Ragnarok. I feel like that was a really good system. Yep, I like the. the did, you guys, did you guys MVP in Ragnarok? Of course. Yeah, I was like, that was the MVP cards was possible. Dude, it was, it was like, it was like you know, it's like two a.m. and you have like a couple friends online. It's like, hey, let's all go MVPing, and that, that was really fun. That was like some of the best memories from Ragnarok. So I'm glad they kept that in Trio Saver, and I hope that kind of helps them to build a community. Like aspect, because as of now, like I don't really think there's very much to do. So I do want to point out that chat did clarify that right now the max level is around 250, 260, 280. So it's not the promised original 600, whatever astronomical number they pull out of their ass just to get people excited. Uh, whether or not it ever hits that high, I have no idea, because I think the game got re is released before a lot of content that they had originally promised was in there. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely planning in the long term. Hall, they're just going to keep adding on numbers for as long <laughs> as they can keep it going. Oh wait, two eighty? Maybe that's why I thought it was eight hundred. So I have a question about. I have a quick yeah. question. Do you guys Maybe. know if it's officially released now or is it open beta now? Because I know before it was early access. I think uh, it's, no, it's officially released. Okay, so full release, no, no OB okay, garbage. According to Steam, there's no early access tag, and I trust that. So. All right, all right, that's good. Which doesn't happen often. Doesn't have, we should gotta give it a little clap here for not having well, a little early access tags slapped on it like most games. Wait, wait, but if you think about it, if you've looked at what every MMO developer says, every live game is an open beta. That's a piss poor attitude from the developers then. <laughs> because it's never done, so therefore it's always an open beta. Uh, according to Aaron here, it's a service, so. Yeah, they, service. They, 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 it's a service. So they, they, it's like saying Netflix it, is an open time. beta because they keep adding new shows. <laughs> you know? They keep us in contracts and Amazon picks them up. Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's transition out. We got we got we got to talk about NCSoft because I thought the num I, I, I'm a numbers guy. And I like I, I know Matt put an article on the, their Q1 results. So we're going to show that in the stream. Both. Oh, this is good news for Shu. Her 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 least favorite game is. Uh, her in prediction trouble. is on point. <laughs> Wait, take this one away. Take it away. No, 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 not please. Okay, so what? you can see from the they basically NCSoft reported their Q1 earnings results. So every quarter, these big, huge companies report what their sales are, and you can see what how games are oh, doing. Oh, Wildstar. Yeah, Lineage is still killing it. Lineage two is growing still year over year. Aeon is doing well. And if you look at Blade and Soul, since it went free to play, it just I mean America one. Well, that's the first quarter, so it might be a little bit you know <laughs> not a fair look, but it boomed. But then you look at Wildstar and it's it's shitting the bed. Wildstar, oh yeah, crap okay. the bed. It's a mess. 
Okay, so Wildstar had its hit its peak high for the year when it went free to play, and then immediately right after dropped straight back off till its peak low. Yeah, so, I mean it's. And uh, an, an interesting uh, observation here: Wildstar is now making I think less money than City of Heroes was when it got shut down. Really? By NCSoft. So we are already uh, we're approaching the the end here. It seems. Which, which I don't. Okay. Go ahead. Who's going? Oh, I'm just gonna say real quick. Wildstar is coming to Steam on June 3rd. Is that there yet? That's gonna actually make a difference. Nope. June 3rd. Huh. I, I, my prediction is a slight influx, and then everyone leaves. Uh, I don't think it can save it. I think it's the final cry of a game on its deathbed. So we shall see. Though, who knows? Basically, what I read about it. Okay, so I haven't actually played enough of Wildstar to know this myself. So it's just what I'd read. But what I read is that the attunement process was basically the developers took the opinions of hardcore WoW raiders, mm -hmm. and the actual attunement process for each raid was so absurd that you had to be like a hardcore player to get it done. And the people that didn't do the attunement process and therefore didn't do the raids just quit because there was nothing else to do. That That's what I heard. Well... With any game, you can't just cater to the hardcore player base. I mean, I think that's a given. I mean, as much as we always talk about Vanilla WoW and some of the great things, like, you need a game that has, it appeals to everyone, in a way. Yeah, so basically what they did is they took the advice of vocal minority, hardcore WoW raiders, and it tanked. That's what I'm getting. I mean, you, you can't blame that on the, on the vocal minority. You blame that on the developers, all right, the designers. The no, ball is in their court, They okay? shouldn't be, the, the, I mean... It's a no, developer's what I said job to take to the, They're yes. supposed to take the feedback and filter it and like decide yes. what's the best. You're not supposed to just listen to... I mean, I have a whole yeah, article about how you're not supposed to listen to exactly what people tell you to do. Listening to your community directly is not good. I have uh, some more it's stats for you guys. definitely their fault. You guys want some more stats here? Injection? Stat injection? Here we go. Well, all right. Well, before we... One more stat injection. Uh, worth mentioning, two employees at Carbine Studios have already left. Uh, Mike Donatelli, not to be confused with Ninja Turtle, and uh, Chris <laughs> Barron. <laughs> I mean, is that news? Who are these people? Are they like head top guys? No, yeah. one of the guys. No, they were. I don't know. I don't think they were head guys. One was a direct design director. Head of custodial duties has left at Blizzard. Uh, that means why I was getting shut down, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Which I actually saw uh, about an hour ago. Let me find it. I gotta find the exact quote because someone else reached out and got a statement back. Oh. And where is it? Shit. While you find there that, I'll take you. Okay. All right. Here, here. Go ahead. I got it. So the statement that they gave to a different site was, on March 11th, Carbine Studios conducted a reorganization and staff reduction. While almost all the staff cuts were effective immediately, a handful of people were impacted were asked to remain at Carbine for a few additional weeks in order to complete key projects. Today, the Carbine team remains hard at work on a number of upcoming game and content updates for Wildstar. So basically, they were let go in March. And they stayed on for a little bit longer. I got you. Yeah. But, but regardless, job cuts are always... A a sign of a sinking ship, right? Booming companies don't typically do job cuts. It's worth pointing out that the lead writer also left today, uh, Corey Herndon. <laughs> well, lead writer, we were talking about MO um, narratives earlier. Clearly, he could not weave a narrative for us. Well, considering the <laughs> considering the status of the other people that ended up leaving, right? I think that he got cut with the people in March. Mm. 
All right, so here's my numbers, boys. Give us your stat. <coughs> okay, so these numbers you're looking at are in billions of Korean won. So that's the unit here. Um, Wild Star this quarter made 1,200 uh, billion won. Uh, City of Heroes was making 2,800 when it got shut down. Tabula Rasa was making 2,000 when it got shut down. So it's already below those two. And it is literally at the same level uh, as Guild Wars 1 when it went into maintenance mode. So Guild Wars 1, like like a decade after it came out, was making as much money <laughs> as Wildstar now. Ouch. So I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. So I mentioned it in the article, but there, because the, of the bad um, performance of Wildstar and the fact that they're moving to Protobox now, people are speculating already that they're going to either Carbine is going to take over publishing duties or they're going to get sold off, which... I think this might be a first for NCSoft, at least in the West, that they have a separate cash shop currency that isn't Endcoin. So what do you guys think? <coughs> okay, one guy said this had to do with the Steam listing, but I don't know if that's true because a lot of games... No, I don't, I don't think that's true because yeah, like, Ion and stuff were on yeah. there too. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I do think it's going to get spun off, uh, maybe sold or as an independent, some kind of independent studio that just survives on Steam. Uh, that's my bet. Anyone Makes else? I mean, otherwise, these got a random to these proto proto bucks. I'm gonna laugh so hard if it's Red Fox. It's gonna get shut <laughs> down. It will be the best game on Red Fox's stable. And Super Games. All right, one more thing. I know we, we talked about these million Korean wands. I want to put that into context. Is honestly, who, who who here actually knows what million Korean wands are? So if you look at the numbers for Wildstar, 1,282 Korean million Korean wands is about a million bucks. So in three months, Wildstar made a million dollars, which is it, it seems like a lot of dollars, but like for a company like NCSoft, which is worth Billions, make a million dollars in a quarter from a game. But how many employees do you think they have? Like they have to pay the, those developers right. make like fifty yeah. to one hundred k a year. Is that is that net or is that? No, that's, that's gross. revenue. That's gross revenue. revenue. Oh, that's not good then. That's awful. Okay. It... I, I don't mean to make a bad joke, but they have at least three less than they did last quarter. <laughs> <laughs> it's n minus three. N minus three. So I mean. Million bucks a quarter is nothing. A game like Wildstar makes four million. They, they can't pay their employees. They can't pay their expenses. So, it, remember that one South Korean investment bank that predicted the game was shut down by the end of this year. I think they they sound pretty uh, spot on right now. I think I think it's gonna be rest in pepperoni by the end of this year. Yeah, that's the way it's looking. No, I, I don't think it's gonna die off, but I do think that at least it's gonna come to its time at at the end of its time at NCSoft. Now, whether or not it shows up somewhere else is going to depend on their contract because Tabula Rasa hasn't been resurrected. And because it's rumored that Richard Garriott tried to bring it back, but NCSoft owns the rights to it, and they have no desire to bring it back, you know? Right. Well, well, in, in, sh in shutting down news, guys, uh, <coughs> do, you guys ever, do you guys remember we did a preview for uh, Lord of Vermilion Arena Online? By Square Enix. Oh yeah, I briefly remember I that. Remember Can I explain that. what that was real quick? Okay, so that was some kind of. Well, it was like some kind. You have like pets or summons, and you fight. Uh. Uh, but it's by Square Enix, and that's also getting shut down now. And that follows Square Did Enix. It release? No, it oh, never came out. Sad. Uh, Wasn't it one of the few that didn't have a um an IP block from Square Enix? Yes, I do remember people playing it. Uh. I never actually tried it, but I was I, I was always kind of like casually interested, but I never like actually took the plunge and tried it. I think uh, all these games just need to add like lowly characters. It's the only way to save them. <laughs> it, it, it can only help. I, <coughs> I think Square Enix are just moving away from um, 
everything but mobile. That's my guess. And because they also shut down. Yeah, I think still... Final Fantasy. If, if Final Fantasy doesn't get another sequel, I think Final Fantasy 15 might be their last big hurrah. Yeah. No, they'll do Final Fantasy 16 on mobile if they have to. But I don't think they're not giving up on the. Franchise. No, they're gonna do it on mobile. They're not gonna give up on it. No, actually, I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm saying it's gonna be their last big hurrah for a massive console mm-hmm. RPG. Do you guys actually know the numbers for the? Because Final Fantasy uh, X and X2 recently released on Steam, right? Do we have the numbers on how well their games do on Steam? Because it we seems like people are playing. It yeah, seems like they're. It right seems now. like they're working on on you know really pushing like Steam. Because like if I look at my library, I have Final Fantasy like you know three nine seven eight x x two eight like all i have all of them i purchased all of them i haven't played a single one yet but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i bought all of them there's so. a there's a difference between monetizing your old games which they're doing which is smart and um making like new games for console right like yeah, I think, you, which one do you want to know is do you feel like maybe these these if they got if they get good numbers on these and maybe like what if they actually start to release also on PC to try to get that market because I know there's a lot of people that okay, don't wait. play the games because so, they don't have the console. So you you said you wanted to know how well they do on Steam and you're not talking about like concurrent users, right? You're talking about owners. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So which one do you want to know? Well, right now, ten thousand people is concurrent, right? Uh, peak twenty four hours. But what are no, the which, which one? Which one? Just X, give me any X X two X and X two. Right now, it is sitting at. Between a hundred and a hundred and twenty thousand. Wow, and it's, it came out pretty recently, and it's an old game. And so the one that's doing the best right now is Final Fantasy VII, and it's sitting between nine hundred and fifty-five and one million and five thousand owners. Uh, owners, yeah. Right. Wow, for that the is record, impressive. That game makes uh, more than what Wildstar makes in six months. All right, well, <laughs> Final Fantasy X and X Two remastered. Wait, they, they took no. an old game and relaunched it. They made more money than Wildstar in six months. So uh, there is money to be made in obviously remastering, relaunching your games. I think one company that does that pretty well is uh, Atlas. The second highest one, the one that sucks, Final Fantasy XIII, the first one, Mm -hmm. between 550 and like 580,000 owners. So this yes. bears on so, a decision too. Continue, show. So yeah, yes, that's what I'm saying. Is that is that like maybe this will affect like how they look at their business going on from here, thinking like you know we have this whole market that we haven't really been tapping. Like what if we release our new game also on PC mm-hmm. like right away and like maybe that will um give them reason to continue with Final Fantasy. You know like like not not moving it like straight onto mobile, right? Yeah. No, I don't think, I think, I think they, they, they have no reason not to monetize on Steam, their old games, because mm-hmm. who's buying FF10 on Steam? It's people Nostalgia. like us who played it on PS2, but just now we moved on to PC and we just want to, you know, relive our you know, childhood or whatever. I, I don't think anyone new is going to be playing this. Some people will, but mostly you're right. A lot of people will just rebuy it on there. But it's okay. another <laughs> channel for sales. It's just like, I guarantee you Final Fantasy VII, any new sales were by people who have friends that are like, you have to play this, and they yep. go, and they play it for like 10 minutes, and they're like, this is the ugliest shit I have ever seen, and they quit. <laughs> I agree. I am, I am 100% behind that thought. All right, well, before we transition to another topic, I want you to share this wonderful GIF, completely unrelated, but I thought it was hilarious. It's called uh, Look Both Ways Before Crossing. So stupid. The end is perfect. 
The end is just perfect. All right, the ending. Oh the ending. my god! <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. All right, well, uh, I just wanted to mention Square Enix also shut down Gunslinger Stratos Reloaded. Uh, so this is, I think, I think Square is kind of getting out of the online MMO free to play <laughs> style game, which they didn't really, they never really got into it, but they were kind of thinking about it, and then they pulled it out. They might very well be. I think uh, I think the next huge mobile game we see, I will bet you it'll be Dungeon Fighter Online Mobile because I know Next Time's working on it, and I think it's gonna be set to release later in later this year, second half of this year, and I think it's gonna be a killing because let's not forget, guys, Dungeon Fighter Online as a whole makes more money, more revenue than World of Warcraft. It is actually the highest grossing MMORPG in the world, uh, you know, this year. I'm not counting all previous years. Well, Last what year about, was uh, as well. What about the ironically <laughs> gorgeous Final Fantasy XI Online? There you go. It is having that free trial, though. No, Final it's Fantasy Eleven or mobile. I meant Final Fantasy Eleven mobile. That's the one. Ironically gorgeous. Final oh. Fantasy Eleven mobile. You don't also, I also have FF Nine. They also, no, they have Final Fantasy Eleven as a mobile version. I wrote an article about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. It came out. I, I remember reading about it. Uh, it's a not while out. Back. Not out yet. But no. But they also have Lineage 2. They have two versions of it coming to mobile. What about that? That might do well. Was that for the one of that was for the Chinese market only? And that was uh, yeah. Lineage's NCSoft though, not not and Nexon. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I think they'll make money because if you look at Lineage and Lineage, they were they were big franchises in China. I mean, obviously Lineage One is basically just making a kill in Korea. But I think you know Lineage Lineage and Lineage Two mobile could do really well. There was a video on it too. I remember showing it on the weekly news recaps. It actually looked like an MMORPG, which is nice. But then again, it could be one of those Chinese games that play themselves, which would be unfortunate. All right, transition time. Speaking of Chinese games, because I've been yeah. waiting for this one, one of our favorite companies here at MMOs.com, Tencent, has announced the TGP box, <laughs> which is essentially Tencent's console. So Tencent is finally. All right, pause. The pause. What is T can you guys guess what TGP stands for without looking? Okay. The gaming. I already know. The gaming place. The Tencent gaming place is my guess. I didn't look either. Uh, yeah, like Tencent gaming platform or something. All right, oh, platform. Yeah, yeah, it's Tencent gaming platform. Oh. And it's gonna be... cutting you off. No, it's Tencent yeah. games platform. Ooh. Oh, whatever. And, but anyway, the console will run on Windows 10, so essentially, it's just like what consoles are. It's just going to be a computer that they'll sell at a at a cheaper rate than building your own, and it's launching with League of Legends, which is an interesting title to put on a console, Monster Hunter Online, and Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Tournament. And so, also FIFA Online 3. So it's just a Steam box, basically. It's not a essentially, console. It's essentially just a computer yeah. that's being packaged and sold, marketed, as a console. Okay, and I so imagine it does have an Xbox-like controller. I'm curious how a game like League of Legends... It's not going to work. Sean, it's it must have to use a keyboard and mouse. Sean uh, missed a huge detail. It's, it's got a TGP mode, which is like Tencent game platform mode. And what I'm assuming that is, is you know how Steam boxes are like a computer, but they run off of the Steam big, big picture mode, basically, 90% mm -hmm. of the time? That's what I'm assuming TGP mode yeah, is going to be. Tencent's own Steam, like big picture mode so it's going to be a console when you want it to run like a console but otherwise it'll just be a computer yeah that's what it sounds like 
Interesting. Yeah, it does really say Windows 10. The funny about this console is that it'll have different options. So you choose what Intel chip you want. So just like buying a computer, you're like, do I want the i3, the i5, the i7? So it really is just this. I wonder if it's modular. No word on that, but that would be pretty cool. If it I was. doubt I it. I highly doubt that. I, I feel like it's that's, unfair that's to way, call it a way console. Way too cool for Tencent. I, I mean, look, if they want to market it as a console, it looks like a console. It's got a controller. I'm calling it a console. It's not I mean, a console, though. Why not? It's just why a not? PC. <laughs> Well, what's what a console, console then? Already? Yeah, what's a console but a PC, a specialized PC? It's, it's like... Not, it's not specialized. It's just the, it just, it's not specialized. If I, if I go to Best Buy, buy a graphics card, a motherboard, and a case, is that a custom CPU? Is that like a... Is it a console now? If it is, if you custom- want it to be. <laughs> no. What if, what if you install Linux on it, well, okay. put it inside no, an arcade no. cabinet, okay. and just play emulators? Doesn't Tencent have like a... some kind of... Program kind of like the the Steam one, the Steam console program. I'm sure they're Probably. gonna have something like. Well, yeah, that. Well, yeah, we're talking about the TGP oh, that, thing. That, that, I guess that makes it a console. It's not but a anyway. console. Omer, Omer. Okay, so you're you're missing something else. Hmm. Console gaming was banned in China for years. Yes, I know. And it was yeah. just recently that the ban was lifted. Tencent is calling this a console and releasing this to capitalize on it before everyone else brings their consoles to China. Okay, but it still does. It's still not fair to call it a console. I, I don't think it, it's disingenuous. Right. It's not. Right. A it's console. a marketing term, though. In this it's a case, gimmick. it is a marketing gimmick. Yes, in this specific case, it's a marketing gimmick so that Tencent can be like, "Look at us. We've got a console. We're in China for you." So right now, I am podcasting on a console. See, I, I have an Xbox controller <laughs> plugged into my my PC right now, so it's a console, right? Because if you have a controller and and, and a PC. I'm about, to defend Omer. I'm about to agree with Omer. The fact that this thing runs Windows 10 tells me it's a computer. But, on the contrary, if I can install Linux on my PS4 and have a functional Linux operating system on my PS4, I would call that a console. I think that the software is what's going to define what it yeah. actually is, not the hardware. So since if it actually is just straight up freaking Windows 10, which it very well may be, I don't think it will. I think it's going to be something like the Steam Big Picture then I would call it uh, just a computer. But if it's, it's, if it's a launching computer. a big picture, then it's going to be a console. I think the software is what's going to determine it. Can I just take a moment here? I don't normally defend communist dictatorships, but banning, <laughs> con- banning consoles, what a great idea. You know, I mean, I think we can learn a few things from China. You know, they're, they're wor- they got, here, here they goes got, they got worth like, They have a good work ethic, drink. right? They got good work <laughs> ethic. They don't waste food. They eat everything. And they ban consoles. I mean, that's... It's pretty good. (laughs) All right, guys, I'll be right back. Uh, I'm going to have to drink if he's going to keep doing this, too. Uh, I'll share that that console peasant thing that you showed me with the Warriors People's Republic. PC, no console rules. You've all seen it, but I'll link it again. We love old old memes. But it's... Whatever, again, it's them capitalizing on it, but I don't think China is going to be a big market for PS4, Xbox. Why wouldn't it be a big market for this, though? I don't think this too? Yes, I'm completely discounting this. Okay, but okay, but normally what makes a console special is that you can you sell it at a cheaper rate than a computer that would do the same thing. So if they can sell this at a cheap enough price for specialized games like League of Legends, you don't think it would do well? Imagine this is like 200 bucks. And in China, you know, it, But I don't think a company like I mean Tencent is a massive company, don't get me wrong. Oh, they're right? humongous. Yeah. They're over a 200 billion dollar company, but they're a gaming and software company. It's like it's not right. like they don't have, like, if they had the manufacturing capacity, they could sell it for a subsidized amount because they're making it themselves, right? But no, they're buying the software from Microsoft. They're buying the components from some other manufacturer in China. Like, Intel, they have a deal all they're Intel. doing is prepackaging together. They have no cost advantage. Unless they're uh, willing to yeah. lose money on every unit. Like, 
they have no economies of scale to like be able to sell it really, and really Why cheap. are they doing this? They're not stupid, so why are they you know, doing it? I'll tell you why. The, some executive is like, yo, consoles are being opened up. We gotta get in on this shit. Let's make it happen, boys. Yeah, you're right. Okay. All right, I already said that. So, anyways, yeah, that's my. That's that's the way it is. Right. Matt, Matt's right. Matt said it first. I, I, I'm gonna sidebar for a moment here and go. This is why loot anime is awesome. Look at this nice little Tokyo Ghoul shot glass. That's awesome. Yeah, Tokyo Ghoul. I don't know any of the words you just said. Tokyo Ghoul is not bad. No, I think you knew Tokyo and you think you knew Ghoul, yeah. right? Oh I, I think you knew shot glass. Shot glass. I definitely did know shot glass. Fair enough. Fair Tokyo Ghoul has a good setting, but like. The worst story I've ever seen. Okay, it could be better. It's not great, it's but it's freaking bad. Oh, let's save this for the yeah, uh, shot end fired. Of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you pissed off a lot of people. All right, everyone got their animes they like and dislike. All right, there are there are no right answers except my it's answers. It's freaking horrible. It's just <laughs> bad. I'm sorry. Of, uh, speaking of anime, I thought we would just briefly mention that uh, a game we were talking about, Chronicles of Illyria, on Kickstarter. What does that have to do with the Successfully funded. Uh, that, that transition made perfect sense. I don't know if anyone's going to argue with that. That was a, that was a literary transition. So, uh, Chronicles of Weir made well over their $900,000 goal. The last time I looked, it was at 960. It's currently at 969. They're doing quite well. Uh, there's still 16 days to go. Where will the money train stop? Who knows? But I meant they, they, they did it. They did, and, and props to them, because most of these things completely fail. So <laughs> we shall see what actually comes out of the final product. I don't know if anyone has any final words. I didn't want to give too much time to the Chronicles of Lear discussion. I do want to throw one thing out, because they, I mean, we were talking about narrative in a game, right? Yes. Uh, they very specifically in their intro video talk about like storytelling and like being able to like weave adventures for players that aren't the same, like some of like, dynamic questing. And it sounds, again, really awesome on paper. Oh, yeah. I, but like, we'll see if they can actually pull it off. I'm trying to find out exactly how it worked. But I remember it was in the video, not the description. <laughs> it did non-repeatable quests. Like, so your quest is going to be like unique. And that things... seems very difficult. So the world is experienced differently. For, yeah, a fully destructible environment. Questing. Yeah, the basic procedure generated like questing and stuff like that too. So it's supposed to be every character has a unique experience in the world. Okay, and so again, like... that sounds awesome, but will they be able to do it? So wait, what you're telling me is this is what I'm imagining right now. So they have that three months where they're going to have people set up buildings and roads and all that crap and all the stuff that nobody wants to hear when they go into an MMO is that they're <laughs> going to have to build the world themselves. Then, like Terraria, you're going to have a bunch of NPCs move into your cities. And then they're going to give you procedurally generated quests based on what's around you. That's what I'm hearing. Because how the fuck else are they going to do it? Like, where else are you getting these quests from? I don't know. Did someone just say Terraria? Yeah, Terraria is a great game, by the way. Oh my god. <laughs> Why don't you just play Star Valley? Oh my god. Everyone says that. <laughs> it's like pretty much a better Terraria. But listen, with this Chronicles of Illyria, and you know, we talked a lot about the, the feature blow, or uh, mm -hmm. it's promising too much. Imagine it was a 2D game instead. That way, it's cheaper to make, and they can focus on the, the features, right? <laughs> instead of. <laughs> Instead of the graphics and the visuals, and because how much money does it take these days? I, I would say a big, a significant portion of a MMORPG's budget is is art these days, right? So if we can just get rid of that and go back to two D, like RuneScape, yeah, Dungeon Fighter Online, Maple Story, all, all the good games are two D. All the good Erhan, games are two D. Like, you're like the rebel of this podcast. You just Okay, I'm going to dispute this. Always dropping let's, like let's, these. let's look at the most profitable games in the successful games in the world right now. All right, League of Legends. Like the list. League of Legends, 2D. Crossfire. Okay, that's 3D. 3D. World of Warcraft. 3D. Whoa. World Is of it... Tanks. 
Wait, 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 wait. What about where's where's Dungeon right? Fighter on this list? Yeah, Dungeon Fighter. I, I skipped that one because that, that, that. Why'd you that, skip that? that? <laughs> he just he's like I skipped the ones that don't meet what I'm saying. All right, Trump, calm down. <laughs> okay, World CSGO. of War, World of Warcraft, not World of Warcraft. World of Tanks is one D because all you do is run forward and shoot at things that are in front of you. <laughs> no, this, this, no, World of Tanks is a deeply strategical game. All right, it's all right, go it's on. not a frag fest. Okay, right, I'm counting. About half the games in this list could be 2D. Okay, right? so half are Dota 2 and League, but that, that that's a stretch. Okay, Dota is more of a stretch than League. League is 2D, straight up. So I'm sorry. League markets itself as a 3D I... game, regardless. All right. Okay. What is the marketing? Omer, what is that doing? Have you never played any 2D game where you get launched into the air like strictly 2D on old consoles and stuff? You could literally do that in a 2D setting. No, but that's just going up then. You're just jumping. You know, if you jump in Maple Story, it's not the same thing, right? I can go left, I can go down, left, right. I can go four directions, right? At will. Four directions at will. So it can't be like an arcade game where okay, you can, like, Okay, jump you at will then. Jump at will. Guys, and then you can have the 3D. That's Guys, 3D. 2D and, 2D and 3D is like art and gameplay is separate, okay? You can't, you can't just lump them together conveniently. Okay, but again, for the record, Wikipedia describes League as a 3D game, right? Come on, come on. Oh, it's, it's because art-wise, art it is 3D. Like, all oh, the assets man. are in 3D. I could, I could go look up any MMORPG that isn't, like, super popular on Wikipedia, and it would probably describe it as, like, something Wait, that is not. But if, if you, you look up any MMORPG on Wikipedia that isn't popular, you know what site's going to have a citation there? And it was that <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but, uh, enough, with, enough with League of Legends. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> but you know anyway, Chronicles of Illyria. Okay, okay, so the only thing that's important about Chronicles of Illyria. You guys ready? Oh, I'm ready. Wow. It's another bet. All right, bet time. Let's pull it out. Pull out the Do you think it'll be the next Star Citizen? Yes. Oh. I don't see. see. Uh, look, I wish it comes out. My skepticism says it's not going to happen. I'm more of a show me kind of guy. I'm 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 skeptical. No, I mean negative. the money, because they're they've already said they're gonna accept PayPal post uh, Kickstarter. No, so I it's mean, not gonna raise oh. as much. No, 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 it doesn't need as much. He just it doesn't have to be as much. I, just I, mean, I, I, I don't think the game's gonna happen the way they the way they claim it's gonna happen. I'm just asking if you think it's gonna be the next game to raise exponentially more than the Kickstarter did after the Kickstarter. So so it's currently it's one million. million. Okay, so we'll, let's let's set a limit. Do we think it's gonna get past, let's say, ten? Is that a good limit? Yeah, that's a good limit. Okay, I say 10. no. Right. I also say no. Omar no. Sean no. Shumet. It's stand. hard to tell, but um, I think it might. I think it might get past ten. Right. Shall we say one year? Shall we say? Shall we say one year? We have a might for Matt. Might. <laughs> I, I'm writing down as a yes. One year. Yeah, write that down as a yes. It has to be. There's no might in this. Crime. Depends. No, depends I know. How focused they stay on the core. Give me a yes or no. One year from now. Okay. The, okay. That's, on the 100 that's a on a on a second year anniversary of the Memos.com podcast, will Chronicles of Lyria have raised ten million or more? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> All right, Matt is the outlier. All right, this is yeah, you against the world, Matt. <laughs> well, I won the last one, so I'm automatically winning this. One. That's I true. still count myself as the winner on the last no, one. Right? You don't. I, we, we've had witnesses say that they heard. Listen, listen. Wait for our we specifically anyway, said this time next podcast, like this. Yeah, as you in, specifically wrote that, but this means. Oh, let me it. let me tell you something right now, right? Winners write history. You know who the winners are? We're the winners. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're rewriting history. Whatever. However we need to. All right. All right. All right. Alright, but yeah. Okay, so it's a loaded way to look at it to say they need to stay on, like, target, because how the fuck do you stay on target with that many features? Like, what what is your overall goal here hey, other look. than 
interactive world. They they might pull it off, but I gotta agree with Omer. I, I wish them all the luck in the world, you know? That's fine, because so far it seems legitimate and honest, but I, I don't see it coming to fruition the way it's been described. Yeah. But, wish them the best of luck. I, I hope don't it happens. Slide, nothing on the line. Hope it happens. I hope it happens, really happens awesome too. It does. Yeah. So we'll just in case everyone thinks that we're super haters, we actually want these games to come out. But Except we're, just, for Star we're cynical. <laughs> yeah, fuck Star Citizen. No, okay, here, here's the way I look at it, and this is the way you have to look at it all the time. Okay, I really would like this to work out, but I have my readers to think about and their wallets to think about. So I have to sit here and talk this down like crazy because they're gonna look at all those features and go, "Oh my god!" So I have to talk it down at least twice as much to make sure that they don't throw their entire wallet at it. Are yeah. you saying you're like the defender of wallets, Matt? No. Matt is concerned Matt. about our financial well-being. Matt is our financial <laughs> advisor, guys. like it. We need like a Kickstarter, uh, what's, what do they call that? Like, like uh, when a newspaper like watches watchdog. after... Watchdog. Watchdog. watchdog, yeah. We need a Kickstarter watchdog. Like investigative journalism, all right? The MO's.com mm -hmm. investigative team dies at every Kickstarter and we label it <laughs> One to five from like scam to not scam. I'll, I'll do the quickest Kickstarter watchdog blog. Ready? Don't give your money to Kickstarter. <laughs> okay, no, here, here, here. Since if it's investigative journalism, then uh, Chris Roberts spent three dollars on a cup of coffee, used corporate credit card. Is this the <laughs> biggest scandal in all of this Kickstarter? Yeah, yeah, you, gotta, I, you gotta have like a tablet style like like cover too, right? So like you should. Yeah, that, like that, that big... Derek Smart. You know, every time, if you look at Derek Smart's tweet, he always tweets about like, "Look, Chris Roberts spent like a hundred dollars on his coffee maker. Fraud, fraud." Actually, <laughs> they buy like a new light bulb. He's tweeting about it. Like, look at that light bulb they bought. They could have saved ten dollars on that light bulb if they bought a Home Depot instead of William Sonoma. So I have a, I have an interesting uh, observation here. So this mm -hmm. game raised a million, and it's considered like a big amount. Star Citizen raised a hundred million, right? And that's like the biggest. Like, wow, right? Yeah. But uh, I just read recently, the Tetris movie, yes, there's going to be a Tetris movie, has an $80 million budget. So just think about the scales involved here, where a million raised on Kickstarter is considered like this, this big upcoming project, while a, a pretty much garbage movie, like there's no chance this movie will be good. Okay. I mean, does I've anybody got... have any idea what it's about? Guys, it's uh, even weirder. Tetris? Even weirder. Dark Souls, the board game, raised... Three hundred and seven or three thousand seven three million seven hundred and seventy one thousand pounds British pounds. Oh, I heard about this. This is like a fan you project, are, right? I want, to play, I want to watch a Tetris movie, all right? That's what I want to watch. <laughs> Wait, can anyone explain to me, like, will the Tetris pieces themselves like be like cartoony walking around the world, like with dialogue, or is it like I don't think we really know I can't anything really about it. Adam it's Sandler not... made a movie with video game characters that was fucking horrible. The word fuck is appropriate there because it was horrible. Okay, so Adam Sandler has done nothing good for the world since Waterboy and Happy Gilmore. So I right? can imagine the Tetris movie is whatever the hell they want it to be. And, and they're just gonna do it. We'll see. It's gonna, be, it's gonna be 15 minutes long and be all special effects. And be about Tetris invading Earth or something. And, the, and speaking of more crowdfunding nonsense, the, uh, oh, the Dota tournament, the annual Dota tournament is out. Uh, T.I. Six this year, and they're doing the exact same thing they did every year, which is Ooh. you can buy a book, a digital book, uh, yes. and twenty five percent of the proceeds go towards a prize pool. So it's like a way that for the so players funny. to support the game and the, the pro scene, right? And they raised it's up to four million in twenty four hours. So that's wow. pretty interesting. And and they give you a lot of goodies when you buy it, like in game items, 
And they got me too. I haven't played Dota in a while, but I still gave them 26 bucks for this digital book. <laughs> okay, so America. How much did you pay? Four million now? Four million. That's more than what they did last year at this time as well. So they're already on trend to beat last year's huge number. So go Dota. Go Valve with the smart crowdfunding. Yeah. All right, so Amir, I saw you said something about liking Billy Madison. So advice to all of our viewers. Next time that a Kickstarter with a big name comes up, sit there and think, like Adam Sandler, what has this person done for me in the last decade? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> See, apparently just saying, what has this person done for me in the de last decade isn't good enough. So think, like Adam Sandler, what has this person done for me in the last decade? Alright, well, look at look at the Kickstarter I just linked to. Alright, here's the MOS.com journalism, uh, investigative journalism at work. Another wonderful Kickstarter MRPG called 8-Bit MRPG. 8-Bit MRPG? This sounds like it's up my alley. It's up your alley. Look, we have so much to work with on this Kickstarter. Look, you got, you got a black background. With the flame. flame. That's really that flame blurry. is 8-bit, though. Ooh, I like that flame. Look how blurry that flame <laughs> is, though. Like, it's not even good. But that wait, that flame... Right there. That Look flame alone took him two years, and it's animated, but he didn't know how to put a video up because his teacher didn't tell him how to use the code to put the video in. <laughs> Let's about to out, this project has been in work for two years now? Wait, what? That actually says that? Yeah, and he's actually getting help from his college teacher. I thought you guys were making that up, but now I'm reading it, and there it is. <laughs> But, uh, about this project, there's nothing in here. Guys, I got, I'm gonna donate. I'm, I gotta donate nine 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 to this one. This is a this is a winner. This one's a winner, right? Anyway, the point is like you see a lot of projects on Kickstarter where there's nothing. Like this guy, wait. I, I mean, he's not gonna raise any money because he didn't, he clearly didn't even try like selling the story in this about project. But it just there's nothing to work with here. Like I, everything I, because Kickstarter allows bullshit like this. It may, it makes you want to stay away from the entire platform. This guy's your neighbor, by the way. He lives in Las Vegas. Oh, baby. <laughs> you should find him and try out that game and tell us if it's worth it. Hey guys, his hobbies include basketball, watching movies, and spending time with the family. <laughs> Take like my money, man. Take my money. Uh, I don't does mean to pick really on this guy. Does it really say that? In there? Yes, it I mean, does. No way. So he's Where a college student. Yeah. Where? I'm looking. If you click, you click on his profile page to see it. Oh, on his profile page. Contact me if you want to Netflix and chill. What? <laughs> <laughs> quality, quality Kickstarter page, boys. Oh but anyway, God, a guys. lot of Kickstarter pages are very questionable, which is why we're always very hesitant about it, and we talk it down. I mean, look, there's no, there's no, it doesn't hurt to get excited about the game. Just keep your expectations in check. But hey, it's your money. Do whatever you want with it. I, I wish the game comes out. I want to play it. It sounds awesome. But I'm always, you know, skeptical, and we'll see. Right, I have a question. Go ahead. Right. Back to the dimensional argument. What? EVE Online, still one of the biggest games. It's subscription, doing really oh, well. I know so. where you're going with this. You How many dimensions is EVE Online? I'm going to say one or zero. It's one because it's a spreadsheet. <laughs> it's a spreadsheet, right? With, like, some visuals in the background. Okay, spreadsheets are two-dimensional, man. <laughs> oh, you got to get it right. All right, fine. So, EVE yeah, Online. <laughs> EVE Online is 3D. Come on. Come it what? It's 3D. It's I fake... checked it off on the review page. It's 3D. I got it. I, I understand everyone's logic now. See, he looks at the mouse cursor, right? The mouse cursor is 2D, all right? So that's everything. <laughs> well, someone in chat said, <laughs> somebody in chat said, everything in my my monitor is 2D by definition. Yeah, the monitor is you know, a two-dimensional plane. I like that logic. It's good. All right, we talked about games getting uh, canceled and shut down. We got a game that's delayed. Lineage Eternal, actually. Let me look at this trailer. Is this vaporware? I've been hearing about this for two years now. Yeah, this trailer's from 2011, all right? The Lineage Eternal trailer's from 2011. 
And they mentioned their quarterly earnings that it's going to be pushed back to the second half of this, to the third quarter of 2016, instead of the first quarter. So it was supposed to come out in January, February, March. It didn't, so they pushed it back. That's interesting. I, I actually, I think I did the preview for this, and this is one of those. It was supposed to be more action RPG, <coughs> and it was trying to do this gimmick, this recent gimmick, where uh, a game is on three platforms at once. So, it's, so it can be on mobile like your phone, tablet, right. desktop, laptop, and browser. So that, I'm not sure I don't, I'm not sure if this one had browser, but it definitely had mobile and PC interplay. Like Albion Online. Like Albion Online, exactly. And somehow the te- that technology doesn't seem to be working as easily as developers thought it would because all these games keep getting pushed back. <laughs> and I'm sure I mean, they were like so eager to an- announce that early on so they kind of committed to it. Like, just tell them, we'll get it on all of them. It'll be on all the platforms. Well, Are you I, sure, I, boss? <laughs> I think one of the big hurdles to working with mobile is, right, um, mobiles, if you require them to be over Wi-Fi, less people play it, but if you don't require them to be over Wi-Fi, you have to deal with all sorts of, like, internet connection mm-hmm. breaks and delays, you have to figure out how to work with that. I also want to point out, that's not just the only issue, if we look at the UI in this trailer, that's a standard PC game UI, how the hell do you translate that on a phone? There's, there's... That's do it. Thirteen buttons there. I've seen it too, but you know, you have to rework. You have to make the UI comfortable for this to work on a mobile <laughs> device, and then it has to still be able to. A player on a mobile device still has to be on equal grounds with someone on the computer, and it's supposed yeah. to be fun for both players. <laughs> we, it seems to I mean, that's that's un- unless they segregate it. Did they say they were going to? There's been very no. little word on that. And uh, Albion's not. Yeah, Albion is not. But uh. You don't want to sit there and have to play a piano on your phone while you're trying to play an MMO. Like, sit there with one hand tapping to move and the other one just like... Right. Especially because it's not very tactile, right? It's like... So there's a question for you guys. Which which of these kind of action RPG Korean games are you looking more forward to? Lineage Eternal or Lost Ark? My bet, Lost Ark. My vote. Lost Ark had the coolest or, trailer. Or yeah, Lost Ark. Legend. Moo Legend. Legend. What about no, I, I have zero I think Moo Legend has the best game. chance of coming out. <laughs> Probably. I will say that. We haven't heard anything about Lost Ark in a while, have we? I'll tell you, you're way louder than everybody else. So you, the Ark has been lost you know. forever. Hmm. But if you see the Lost Ark trailer, if you haven't seen it, I recommend you check it out. Uh, it's like a 14-minute trailer, but it's like super, super epic. It's remarkable. 20-minute trailer. It's crazy. And also remember that the title reflects where it is in development. Apparently, uh, one of our last news posts really about it, well, not last, but uh, a closed beta test is supposed to happen in China uh, sometime in this first half of 2016, but I have not heard anything about it. Uh, so I don't know if it got delayed. I don't know where it's at. Maybe it's coming around the corner. I really have no idea. It's just one of those games that's kind of disappeared, like... Uh, what's the other one? Petra Chronicles. No word. <laughs> Lost to the void. Rest in pepperoni even before it even came, before it even came out. Yeah, that's our last news post. Though. How sad. Guys, guys, how who who's excited for Overwatch? All right. Oh, back I'm to Overwatch. For Overwatch. All right. I really, I want to hate Blizzard, but I'm really I'm really excited for it. Here's a good uh, comic from Dorkly on the truth behind Blizzard's Overwatch. I feel like this is this is a pretty good conspiracy theory. So. I think it's pretty pretty spot on. So just share this with the podcast. I'm reading it right now. What you? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so the whole butt tracer thing was a conspiracy by Blizzard to get people talking about Overwatch. And let's be real, it worked. It worked. 
I, I did not pay attention to Overwatch until this came out, and then I got really excited. Can anyone scroll to the bottom of that page? This is a really awkward video. No, don't, don't watch that video. That's, that's unrelated. Like that. That's unrelated to this. But let's be cool. <laughs> we started really talking about Overwatch after the Buckgate situation, all right? Hashtag Buckgate. Why Where people start complaining about Tracer's outfit. That was and, like, like so dumb, dude. That was the worst. Okay, but it got us talking. Think of like the could that have been a marketing plan? Do you guys think that was a marketing plan or did that just kind of happen? <laughs> no, it was I not a marketing plan. It just happened. Really? No. I think that's... <laughs> conspiracies like that don't exist. Get the fuck out of here. Why? Okay, but I think I think no. they designed the character <laughs> and they just happened to make a pose that people happen to get offended by. You know, it's just like it's kind of one of those things where they're probably sitting there like they didn't even think about it because it's not like she's like bending over, sticking her ass out. You know what I mean? It just kind of probably happened. But it, I don't know. I, I feel I feel like this could be a conspiracy theory because what they replaced it with was still kind of you know. Okay, similar. but the, but what they've replaced it with has historical significance, so they can back that whenever anybody complains about it. I, I, I maintain it. it it's plausible that it could have been a conspiracy theory, and it could have been legit. No, I, I think it was just it's genuine. plausible. It's I within it was... the realm of possibility. Give me, give I... me one percent, Matt. Give me one percent. I think it was genuine naivety. All right, mate. All right. And I, I do want to point people... out. Go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. I think the people that were offended by it are just idiots to begin with. But... Yep. 100%. I do also want to point out, though, that uh, one thing that the whole controversy got right is that I do think this was just filler, that they were still working on the poses, because this, if you know played the game, isn't like doesn't fit Tracer's personality, and what they replaced it with still shows off her butt, and she puts her leg in the air, and it, it's much more like quirky Tracer, so I just think this was just I, filler. Honestly, I, don't, I didn't really notice the difference between this one and the new one. They're, <laughs> they're both, like, they look the same to me. Like, you can still see her butt. Like, what's the... I don't know. Like what's I think the other one just has her leg up. Well, like Sean said, there were a lot of people complaining that it didn't fit Tracer's personality, and I'm sitting here like, a lot of you haven't even played the game. Like, what do you think Tracer's personality is? Like, it's quirky. It's quirky. It's quirky. You gotta play the game, though. Like, I think I watched the video. Okay. By the way, there's also there's already a whole lot of Tracer porn out there for those interested. I'm just throwing that there, out there. It's been out there. It's, it's been, been out, out there, there for some time. Yes. And there's Pinterest actually... is the cesspool of it all. Pinterest? What? Are you kidding me? There's, there's actually a you. VR game. There's a VR game and Tracer's in it. All right. Don't 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 ask me how I found that, but it's there. Now is this a game or something else? Well, I mean, by game, you know, like <laughs> as much as VR porn games can be games, you know. I want to point out, and speaking of VR, I just got my confirmation order that my Oculus was shipped. Oh, congratulations! So, uh, just now, thank you. Uh, it only took. It was only uh, two months overdue. And meanwhile, you you assholes ordered your Vive three months after I got my audit in my office and got it right away. So, we we shall see. So, ATC is on the ball. All right. I switched. I switched sides, ball. guys. I switched sides. Why? Did you did you did you order a Vive too? Yeah, I have the Oculus pre-order, and I just straight up ordered the Vive. Well, we we canceled our Oculus too, so we brought you it's, to our side. What what happened was I I did a lot of comparisons and. The fact that the Oculus doesn't ship with like a VR controller is like pretty bullshit. Yeah. You get like this shitty Xbox controller. It's like not the same, you know? Yeah. Actually, uh, one thing that sold me on the Oculus over the Vive was just that the Oculus uh, works better with Elite Dangerous. Uh, the Vive, something for some reason, it's just not compatible at this time. That they that they didn't optimize uh -huh. the game for it. So I'm sure they'll be fixed in the long run, but 
I'm hoping to not just make my my rift into a gimmick item I show relatives when they come over, as Erhan so eloquently repeats. So I, I hopefully will get absorbed into that game and actually use my rift. We will see, though. I could also just turn around and sell it on eBay. So. Right. Well, what's the premium? Is there a premium? Just, okay, see, here, here's the funny thing. This is the greatest thing for me. I was skeptical about VR. Erhan and Omer kept saying it was going to be this amazing, great thing. They've touched Whoa, it, what, twice? Yet. We've we're touched it twice. twice. We're not done twice? yet, Matt. Yeah, we're but you've had it for how long? Yet, over time, over time. Twice. We'll talk about save VR and over time. Yeah, save for VR over time. We have some MMORPG news for The Legend of Ares, right? a classic older MMORPG. Oh, wonderful. I did a first look for it on the Hut Days forever ago, and it's 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 coming back through Red Fox games, all right, guys? Red Fox is the new Suba games. This was actually one of my, I think, let me think. Okay. So you this, have to put a level to necromancy powers? What level is Suba? They're both, they're the only two necromancy. <laughs> these two are on the ball. They're just bringing back every dead game. Yeah, this was one of my five first. This was one of my five first free-to-play MMORPGs. I'm not exactly sure it was first, but it was <laughs> definitely one of the first. One of this your five first. Attack speed. Yeah. I like the well, I like the turtle like lagging. Like, it's like... <laughs> everything everything on this video is perfect. Even that game cam logo on the bottom right. All right, it's just, it's just perfect. <laughs> There's so much wrong with it that it became amazing. All right. <laughs> you, like, even the beginning of the video, which I skipped for you guys, like some red text, and it's the fact like that the it's music like choice. It's got the black bars and left and right. Like everything about it is just top notch. This this was this is what YouTube looked like like ten years ago. You know what's Dude, weird? These, these animations of like the the turtle like just jumping around and doing a three sixty. <laughs> like what the fuck? I don't remember <laughs> the graphics being this bad when I played. But so that I just uh, UK. It's just a it gauge terrible. of how like expectations change. You know because. I remember thinking, okay, this is, you know, it's not great, but, you know, it's, you know, I can see it's a palm tree, it's a turtle, it's a beach, you know, I got a sword. It was all right, you know. Wow, but, how slow is this game? I've been watching this guy stand still and beat up this turtle for, like, 30 seconds now. And he still hasn't killed it. Don't F around, right? The and this is those turtles, like, 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 spinning at him, like, jumping. <laughs> They're, like, flying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> look, at the, look at the helicopter turtle at, like, uh, 3.30. <laughs> Sure, this is a quality design <laughs> game. That's why it's coming back. All right. Hey guys, there's a word on it yet. When oh it's coming my. back? But this this the, game the is gonna outlast Wildstar. How does that make you feel? And this is the quality music choice beaten only by bodies. <laughs> Let the bodies. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember in the YouTube like like ten years ago, twelve years ago. Any video you clicked on, there was a twenty percent chance it was bodies. This is the background music. <laughs> like any gaming video, there's a twenty percent chance you were gonna hear it. Yeah, epic loot. I know, right? Who's excited for Legend? Guys, guys, when this game launches, I want an MMOs.com guild in Legend of Ares. All right, all right Sunday Funday, Sunday Funday Ares. Right, we're Sunday Funday Legend of Ares. The week he comes out, we're we're gonna we're gonna oh we're gonna be top dog. God. All right, all right. About this, we're top dogging it. We each grind for an hour, <laughs> then we duel. We have a duel tournament. Fine, fine, we do it. Whoever finds better loot is gonna win. But I'm down. Whoever picks the rig class, whatever it is, I have no clue. <laughs> Dude, I, I, remember, I actually played this back. Like, it, it, I had fun with it because like it was. Like you know when you play a really bad game or just a Duke game, like you play, like, you just want something a little bit different. You you want to kill some time. It just there's something about MMORPGs that like the progression is what make, like you just want to progress for no reason but to progress. You're not invested in the story, the world, the characters. You're like you know what, I want to play this shit. All right. <laughs> I want to point out that uh, one of our commenters, 
Dadakuma has probably said the wisest thing all night, and the exact quote is, Omer picks the worst Sunday fun day. Listen, listen. Which, which is certainly something we've said before. We're going it, is, hard. it is pretty true. It is pretty true. I'm what? sorry, Omer. Yo. Omer, you pick, you pick Sunday fun days not based on what's going to be fun, but what's going to be funny. And you know yeah. what? Funny leads to the, like, dullest yes. It's Sunday not Sunday funny day. day. It's Sunday funny day. It's Sunday fun day. I, I had Melty fun Blood in Guns video. I had fun in Melty Blood. Melty was fun. Melty Blood was a lot of fun. But Metal Assault, we played it for what? Half an hour? We played oh, Melty Blood for garbage. like an hour and a half. Okay. Metal Assault was awful, alright? That wasn't bad. Yeah, that was really pick. And then you're picking this crap now. Legend of Ares is a quality <laughs> game, alright guys? Quality, quality material. Oh my god. We will all have a blast in Legend of Ares. And you guys, you know, Matt, by the time we're done on Sunday Fun Day, you're gonna you're gonna apologize to me. Say, Omer, I was sorry for ever criticizing Legend of Ares. It is my new favorite game. Uh, see, Omer picked Melty Blood because he wanted to talk during the video, not because he thought it was a good pick. Yeah, Melty he also Blood picked was a it because he played it for 12 hours, and I played it for zero, and I still took a round off him. <laughs> Yo, I I played a random character. <laughs> And she let us all win, all right? Come on. Alright, well, I, I, I'm a, I'm a beat you. I, I, don't, I didn't beat you. Alright, you beat me in a random character. <laughs> well, Shu did cop my strategy one round. I did, I did. It was, it was really quality. It made Matt really angry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. The story you can use. <laughs> anyway, Legendary is when it comes out. Whenever it does come out, we will check it out. Uh, I don't expect too much from the game, but I I'm sure you get an hour of fun out of it at least. And if you don't do if we don't do it for Sunday Fun Day, I definitely will do it first look for it regardless. Alright. Well I wanna quickly cover yeah, you can, before you can okay, do that ahead. on your time where you're not torturing us with it. <laughs> guys. Game of the year material, right? Alright. Honestly I have... guys, MOS.com game of the year, it's gonna be War Mode. I'm just throwing that out there right now. Alright, War Mode will win game we of the year. Did it. Matt, I mean, I mean Sean, Sean, we're gonna go back. We're gonna make War Mode game of the year. We're gonna have a game of the year. You no, can't even tell who we are anymore. It's just him versus everybody else now. Come on. <laughs> what is this? Alright, go uh, ahead. Where was it? I have a good off? philosophical discussion, alright? Controversy discussion oh. of the week. Gaming all right. Okay. <clears throat> so, as we said earlier, a lot of gaming companies have released their earnings this quarter, for yes. the quarter, and Electronic Arts was among them. And, uh, you know, Electronic Arts did well, blah, 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 no one cares. But there was a quote by the CEO which I thought was really fitting. He said, quote, we are providing self-actualization for a great many of our players. Fuck you. Fuck you. Okay, so this is an yeah. awesome CEO quote. He's saying his products, which are games, electronic arts, are actually right up there after food, shelter, okay? <laughs> the next well hierarchy. Yeah, so there's a hierarchy of what you need. Wait, what? <laughs> so just read the article. All right. All right. Once you get past air, food, water, shelter, you get the social connections, sense of belonging, Wilson said. You get the self-esteem, overcoming challenges and building self-worth, and you get to self-actualization. Creation in a living world, all of those things are embodied by entertainment. And we believe Imagine. games are the most valuable form of entertainment, giving oh my God. their ability to fulfill those fundamental human needs. Fundamental <coughs> human needs. Me fragging some kids in Battlefield is a fundamental human need, all right, guys? Yeah, that's, a, that's a fundamental human need for me, okay? I just, just teabag some people in Battlefield. I gotta, right? I gotta get the frags, you know? Okay, it's in the so game. He, he's saying he's providing it's in the game. It's in the game. <laughs> okay, a sports. So I'm calling the next stupid quote from a CEO. Ubisoft is going to say that their titles teach history. 
<laughs> what you don't you, that's how history works you... <laughs> Yo, assassin's creed is basically a yeah. historic it might as well be on the history channel all right they make a movie on it too guys <laughs> and assassin's creed's movie's coming out too it's historically accurate obviously so wait let's go back to this just quick discussion here do you think and actually i cut he's obviously using some lofty ceo buzzwords right but yeah. i do think games are a great tool to connect socialize you know with with people all over the world and there's no way i would meet the number of people I've met without, okay, if it wasn't but, for online games. But a self-actualized person in Maslow's typical hierarchy is someone who finds creative fulfillment. All right. right? So, so my my WoW raid group that's that's, that's pretty ahead. creative. <laughs> yeah. That's not part of EA. <laughs> oh, whatever. EA. <laughs> Same thing. Any any of the EA games, you know? You can be okay. How about this? What's more creative? Playing a game, online game, with friends and. Yeah. Coming up with strategies or whatever to beat the boss level, whatever. Strategies. Yeah. Or, or, like, just watching Gilligan's Island on TV. <laughs> Why would you think Gilligan's Island is your example? Of all the TV shows. No one even knows what this is. That's so old. That was on, like, they can. Any of you guys actually watch Gilligan's yo, Island? Yeah, I, yo, yes, I watched Gilligan's Island. Yes, oh my god. That was a good Basically, show, for the record. What was that on, like, Nick at Night or some shit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a thing that when we were kids. All right, Wilson okay. here is basically saying that by playing EA games, people feel that they're living fulfilling lives. I think that he's an egotistical piece of shit looking to sell his products and that there's no guarantee. I'm sure for some people, sure, that's fine. But to say that somehow EA has nestled itself in Maslow's hierarchy to help people feel self-actualized is the fucking biggest piece of shit statement that someone can make. Wow, the strong word, Sean. He so just, he's a he's an a, enabler, a right? You're a, you're a hater. A he's an enabler. Assertion. What a ridiculous assertion! <laughs> I feel I feel actualized when I play Battlefield. All right, look, you don't even play Battlefield. <laughs> look, take what he said <laughs> and tone it down. It makes sense. All right, obviously he's doing a lot of cheerleading and pumping for that's his company. That's not just cheerleading. That's using words. He's planning on people not. He's not allowed to use those about. funny, silly words. He's not a okay. philosopher. Hey, Only wait. I can use those words. That's what I'm no, here but. <laughs> No, I went to school. Gosh. I got a philosophy degree. He can't say it's those words. It's psychology, not philosophy. It's psychology. Maslow's been disproven over and over again. Guys, this isn't even important. What's more important is how much money he spent on his haircut, okay? Yeah, he's, got, <laughs> he's, he's a pretty suave-looking dude, all right? <laughs> okay, so this... And the reason I said this is CEO language is because there's... Yeah. CEOs always try to do this. They try to make their industry, like, the top of the world, right? And it makes oh, sense, you know? Yeah, and yeah. there was a timeshare company, so this guy sold timeshares, and the CEO told the salesman, you guys aren't just selling timeshares, you're saving lives. Because, <laughs> because your customers, they want to go, stressed are, are stressed out office workers who need to go on vacation a few times a year or they'll kill themselves from stress. So he said, by wow. that transitive property, you're saving lives. <laughs> Sell some timeshares, save lives. <laughs> So I mean, how, how long until a, a game company says something along those lines? Like you're not just making games or entertainment; you're saving lives. You know. Every time, every time, time I, it'll every it'll time I, a, guys, it'll be a full one eighty from. Every time you buy gold from a China farmer, you're saving lives. You're putting <laughs> rice on the table. Every time a turtle does a three sixty jump, like we saw in the Legend of Aries video, right? It's saving lives. <laughs> guys, it'll it'll have to be a full one eighty from Jack Thompson before somebody says that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember is that guy. Still, is Jack Thompson still relevant? <laughs> he made like, some comments or other last year. I can't remember. He really fell off the world. I mean, people already realized his nonsense was bullshit. 
hopefully one day people will realize all this uh, feminism and video game stuff will be nonsense too. But we'll see. I have very strong opinions on that that I'm not going to share. Uh oh. It's all right, man. Whenever the next controversy strikes, we'll talk about it. All right, Wait, we'll are you guys talking the... shit about game feminism? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> no. No. Okay. Video <laughs> games are women. Don't you know that? Be oppressed. It's actually not about the people that are spouting that. I, I don't, it's not about that. But anyways. <laughs> well, I can be a serial killer IRL because I saved lives as a healer in an MMO. That makes sense. It balances out, you know. You save lives in an MMO, you kill people in real life. So, right? so I, want, I want to get the final uh, tally on this guy's, uh, I guess, opinion here. I know Sean does, didn't like the language, but uh, Omar kind of seems to agree with him. I agree with him. Mine is like the, you know, pompous, like bombastic level of edit like he's keeping it at a 10 he's got to bring it to a 5 to be realistic all right but i agree with this premise i, I do too i do too because after food shelter whatever you know i i basically socialize online you know so after food shelter and hentai yeah. let's, let's, let's get the hierarchy correct hold on, hold on. what you're basically doing then is discord lets me self-actualize i socialize more on discord than i do right but in any game but if i didn't play so games it's more of a self-actualizing factor of no, my life listen, listen, than listen. fucking star wars battlefront is but we need a sh on discord you need at least some shared uh cross section that's not true i said yeah, discord yeah. bullshit all day but with people you already okay. know see what i hear right now is that's i hear not... you guys are buying it because it sounds fancy no, I don't like the fancy level of language. I agree with his premise, not the fancy part. The fancy part was cool. But how do you even know you're getting his premise right? Okay, here's... Oh, his hold up, hold up. When you guys talk online, like on whatever, Discord, okay? I can, I can not play games and talk to my old friends. Easy, right? But if, I'm, if I talk to someone new for the first time, a stranger online, I have to have met them in a game, or we have to have a similar interest, and then eventually we play together. And basically what you're doing then is you're saying that when I go to a bar... And well, I don't go to bars. Drinking. But what I'm saying is when I do that, because I do that. And I but you're a normie. People. Get out of here. But I'm, <laughs> yeah, you're a peasant. Get out of here, normie. When I meet random people at a bar and I talk to them, you're, you're, you're making an equivalency that says that that bar is letting me... Alcohol lets me self-actualize. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Yeah, that makes sense. What? Alcohol is a lubricant of self-actualization. Yeah. Why? Because then, what the hell does self-actualization mean? It, to me, basically what we're deciding here is that it's a totally meaningless statement that can apply to anything, anywhere, anytime, <laughs> and that there's that all this guy is doing is putting out flowery language to try and sell his shit. It's meaningless. The entire I mean, statement... We have to agree on the role of the definition of self-actualization, right? It's... <laughs> hey guys, Let's heroin, go to Wikipedia. Heroin, heroin helps me self-actualize. Yeah, yeah, heroin. I bond with people over heroin in a dead in Patterson every Tuesday night. Uh, it's I a realization of fulfillment. Okay, I think what Sean's saying is you guys are saying that online games help you self-actualize because they let you socialize, blah, 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 meet new people. Yeah. But the real way that online games would help all of us here self-actualize is that we're creating creative content for a website that we are proud of. Mm -hmm. Right, that's true. So we're creators. That's one so way of doing that's, it too. that's how we're self-actualizing. It has nothing to do with playing the game itself. No, no, it does though, because games foster. Okay, compared to other forms of activities like like TV, even reading books, right? It's cooperative. It not just that. I think for even like let's say you're playing Minecraft, which none of us do, so it's like a fair example. You're more likely to create your own thing. You're gonna go online, meet community, work with people, like join a server where everyone's building a Game of Thrones castle, like. The, the okay, but that that's different. That because you could go out on the street, start a painting, have somebody else. Come but you won't. But you won't. That's you the could. issue. 
Hang on. A self-actualizer is a person who is living creatively and fully using his or her potentials. Playing fucking Battlefield is not living creatively. What about Minecraft? What about, let's see, you're 12 years well, old. Well, if I, in Battlefield, if I, think, if I think a rocket launcher shoot a helicopter out of the sky, it's pretty creative, right? It's That's creative. Marxist, you realize that it's a very Marxist statement. It's, it's oh, the God. idea that... Come on! You. That's exactly what it is, and he's misusing the word. <laughs> Gumby, you're getting a little too passionate there, buddy. Take the passion down. Can you cite your sources, please? Take the passion fruit down. <laughs> Oh, I like passion fruit. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting to hear that Erhan and uh, Elmer have been brainwashed by the statement and are going out and buying EA's entire catalog. Right, listen, listen, hey, listen, hey, listen, hey, listen hey, let's. You have to take what he said. Must self-actualize. He said no, after food, air, shelter, water, after your basic needs are met, right? Entertainment is a very powerful tool so, that that helps people socialize and do like. Achieve. That's not self-actualization, though. Again, self-actualization is at the end of the pyramid. Okay, he's realization below. Or fulfillment of one's talents and potentials, especially considered as a drive or a need present in everyone. It's a drive. It creates, you know... But why you are you better, creating? Yeah. That's what he's saying. No, but listen, you're, you're getting better. Anything. Isn't Aren't games more creative than, like, other yeah. forms of entertainment? Okay, you're creating, you're creating okay. yourself, okay? You're oh, shoot, oh, that's good, I like that. Omer, you're, you're <laughs> like creating a big boob character in Perfect World, all right? I'm right, right. Omer, you can go out and read a ton of books and you can better yourself because you're reading and you're picking in a bunch of knowledge, but that's not self-actualization. No, because you're not creating anything when you read. Exactly, that was the exact point! You're but, creating, but you're creating, no, you're creating a unique experience when you play an online that's game. That's one game. Look, one if game. I read a book, right, and you read the book, we read the same book, right? There's if no we, in like in like a Minecraft server, my Minecraft server will look nothing like yours after a month. You know? Right. That's fair. That's fair. And I but agree that Minecraft. Minecraft can act as a catalyst. We're going in circles, by the way, so we should okay, get but, off this. In but just a the second. reason that Minecraft works is because people treat Minecraft like it's a voxel engine. Well, it's they a basically tool. just they just build things that they could build in something that wasn't a game, but they use the game as entertainment. Somebody, like, somebody in chat said, if you line up Erhan, Omar, yeah, Sean, and Matt, you would have four stages of man beard. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good. Better yet, somebody said, when I kill people online, I don't get banned. When I kill people IRL, I get banned for years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so final statements, and then let's, let's be done with this one. Yeah, right. final thoughts. Uh, Terraria. Uh, Terraria, self-actualization happening. I like it. Perfect. Perfect. All right, all right, all right beautiful. Well, I'm sense. self actualizing when I play League of Legends because I wreck kids, win games, and I reach my potential. See, the realization <laughs> of fulfillment of one's talents and potentials. Especially because there's a drive or a need. See, I'm, I feel the drive and need to wreck kids. <laughs> all right, that's my. Uh... I, I think you want to rephrase that one. No, no, okay, it's done. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, one sentence. I, I stand by it, man. I stand by it. Chris Hansen's coming for you. <laughs> what are you doing? I stand by my statement. <laughs> would you Would you please have a seat over there? <laughs> Take, oh, a seat. Take a seat. Take a seat. Anyways, uh, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Okay, good. He's, That's good. He's He's full of shit. He's a CEO that one is. One sentence, man. Short. One sentence. How many it's comments bullshit. put in there? Bullshit. Guys, look how look, look at this picture though. Look at this picture and look how self-actualized he is. Just <laughs> he does look pretty self-actualized. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't. His ten million dollar bonus is really helping him actualize. <laughs> okay, he doesn't self-actualize by playing his games though. No, he sells them to you and puts his creative talents to work by selling them to you and coming up with these bullshit statements. Therefore, he is self-actualized, but you are not. <laughs> okay, my final statement is. Uh... So guys, if you want any tips and tricks on how to self-actualize, make sure to head to MMO. <laughs> I like it. I like it. 
Self-actualization guides? Yeah, right, we, next podcast for self-actualization guides. We don't actually review games. We review self-actualization <laughs> tools. Right? Experiences, experiences. Self, self-actualization experiences. Experiences, they're not games anymore. They're experiences. Nice. All right, there it is, guys. That's the end of the podcast. We'll continue in overtime. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can catch us live on Twitch on Tuesdays, and that way you can see the overtime yourself. So uh, do that. And that's There's it. also a pregame that you guys missed. Mm, Good that shit. too. Where we try and get our shit together in about 20 minutes to make this happen. Yep. <laughs> this is uh, this was our one-year anniversary, and thanks for sticking oh, yeah. with us. And hopefully, the year ahead will be even better and greater and more self-actualization going on. All right. All right take care. <laughs> Later, guys.